Welcome to the Chick Monks Podcast, where we explore the spiritual path of contemplative Christianity with a female voice and perspective. A reading from the Gospel of Matthew. And many women who had come from Galilee with Jesus to care for him were watching from a distance. Among them were Mary Magdalene, Mary, the mother of James and Joseph, the mother of James and John, the sons of Zebedee. As evening approached, Joseph, a rich man from Arimathea who had become a follower of Jesus, went to Pilate and asked for Jesus' body, and Pilate issued an order to release it to him. Joseph took the body and wrapped it in a long sheet of clean linen cloth. He placed it in his own new tomb, which had been carved out of the rock, and then he rolled a great stone across the entrance and left. Both Mary Magdalene and the other Mary were sitting across from the tomb and watching. The next day on the Sabbath, the leading priests and Pharisees went to see Pilate. They told him, Sir, we remember what the deceiver once said when he was still alive. After three days, I will rise from the dead. So we request that you seal the tomb until the third day. This will prevent his disciples from coming and stealing his body and then telling everyone he was raised from the dead. If that happens, we'll be worse off than we were at first. Pilate replied, Take guards down and secure it the best you can. So they sealed the tomb and posted guards to protect it. For the last few weeks, daily readings from the Book of Common Prayer have led through the final chapters of Matthew, where Jesus is betrayed, tried, and executed. Typically, the gospel readings are where I get my spiritual hit, so to speak, The gospel recordings of Jesus' life and teachings are where I have my most powerful scripture meditations. This is where I know and learn Jesus more. And the more I do, the more he guides me beyond my dualistic thinking and into an imagination of the kingdom of heaven. In other words, Jesus' life and words give me faith for the day and hope for what's to come. But I have to be honest that the further I got into Matthew's gospel this time around, the more avoidant I found myself to be. I found myself choosing the Hebrew Bible readings or the New Testament letters instead, which are both, of course, very beneficial and useful and worthy of my time. And I am actually undoubtedly in a season where I probably err on the side of neglect when it comes to those non-gospel texts. But in the last couple weeks, I couldn't shake the disappointment I felt when I read the daily installments of the story of Jesus stepping into his death. I often closed my Bible before I finished reading. I stopped even wanting to read scriptures at all, which I know for a lot of you is a very familiar place like it is for me. So when I experience this, I want to figure it out. What was going on? Was it stale? Was it boredom that I was feeling? Was it just hearing the same story so many times that I lost my enthusiasm? As it goes with the kindness of God, 
If we offer our questions to love and we sit with them in loving kindness long enough, we will find revelation. We will find truth. Revelation for me was this. I saw with clarity and conviction that I was weary of seeing Jesus go to the cross. I wanted to pick it up on the other side, the victorious, transcendent Christ, transfigured in another metaphysical reality. That gets me excited, and I rush to the resurrection. I rush to the possibility of what's ahead. If I had to put words to my subconscious motivations, I would imagine it was a space something like, the world is dark enough already. My own inner world is dark enough already. This isn't the hope that I need right now. I need something better. And there, as he walked towards his death through the words on the page, I abandoned Jesus with the rest of his disciples because it wasn't what I wanted and it felt like too much for me to handle. I say the rest of his disciples, but if we look closer, we actually see in today's gospel reading that he was not alone in his darkest hour. All four of the canonized gospel accounts tell the story a bit differently, but every one of them notes a group of women who were also disciples of Jesus present at his crucifixion. There is a love that is so strong, it is present even in the most isolating and agonizing darkness. This love has been around and has been represented across spiritual traditions for millennia in the feminine form. So it's no surprise that the love that accompanied Jesus into his agony and into his death is represented by women. His male disciples left Jesus to die alone, and he predicted this to their faces. But there is a devotion represented by the Marys and the other women in Jesus' circles that calls forth the love of the divine feminine, a love rarely, if ever, acknowledged in the dominating, crusading Christianity of the West. A divine feminine doesn't neatly fit into a masculine trinity, and so it's often silenced or destroyed by lazy Christian theology. But I want to invite you to stand with me for a moment looking at the small group of women who refused to abandon their teacher in his darkest hour, despite their own disappointment, their own heartbreak and fear. There's a tradition in Christianity of the Black Madonna, and I can't remember where I first learned about her, but I owe a lot of my understanding of her significance to the theologian and activist Christina Cleveland. The Black Madonna has appeared over 500 times all across the world in art and statues and paintings and icons over thousands of years. She is the mother of Christ, 
And she is intentionally painted black or sculpted to be black. The tradition of a dark mother is not limited to Christianity by any means, but it is a very real and strong tradition in Christianity that was swept aside as the church became the patriarchal institution that we know it as today. It was not always this way. The dark mother represents the source of all life. She is the darkness that ushers pure light into this world. The darkness of the soil when a seed is buried to grow new life. The darkness of a womb when the life of a material being is being formed. The darkness of a tomb in which death would be transformed into new life. In these spaces, there's darkness, there's death, there's a shedding of the old, and there's compassion, and there's great love. And without these spaces, there is no new life. This is the Dark Mother's reminder. This is her teaching that there's no life without death. And there's no death without life. And there is no need to be afraid. She shows us the very essence of what it means to be a physical, material being. It is in the love of the Dark Mother that all life is formed. And her love is present in the deepest darkness. Her presence here in these spaces of loss and grief and pain, it's the very container for light and life to be born. She is the source of life from death, the great cycle of time and finitude, guaranteeing the end to all material things. She restores the place of all that is too difficult for us to bear. She is our union to the earth and all that makes this life different from the life that's eternal and unbound by time. That's just as real, but doesn't call us to escape from this reality, but instead to live it. The divine feminine was present and alive in the woman who stood with Jesus as he was crushed by darkness. This loving compassion in the darkness is the dark mother. Her presence would always be made known at his darkest hour because from her all life is made. She'll stay in the darkness with you as she transforms death into life by her loving presence. She is love in heartbreak. She is sacred agony. She's called Mother Earth, Mother Mary, Kali Ma, She is the world, and her invitation is to dance with her as the beat of time ticks on, bringing with it the cycle of death and rebirth. The Dark Mother matters. Without her, we go through our lives afraid of the dark, afraid of death. Without her, we reject and resist the experience of being human. 
those who are willing to stay in the darkness were the first to witness. And look at this. Those women, those who were willing to stay in the darkness in compassion and love, they were the first to witness the resurrection of Jesus Christ. We are in a moment of sacred darkness, friends. Look at our world. Look at our country. Look inside your own heart. When we come from a place that honors sacred darkness, when we believe it has a powerful place in new life, we don't abandon hope when our plans or our people or our dreams die. When we believe that life and death require each other, when we trust the cycle, we don't abandon hope when our dreams are crucified, when our hearts are broken, when our future is unknown and uncertain. We can move into the darkness without fear and with our loving mother and trust that she will strip away what holds us back from love. Our needs to succeed or be right or be good or admired. And in that void, she will fill us with her compassion, her presence, her cosmic light. There is an invitation, friends, from the Dark Mother from the Black Madonna, from the Divine Feminine. Be with the darkness, in love, in compassion. Let go of everything keeping you from love. Let go and surrender and know that from that place, you will be the first to see new life. It may not look like what you expected, but look for new life. Amen.